Hello everyone and Happy New Year. It's January 1st, 2023 and I want to be among the throngs to say that as we wish each other a Happy New Year. I want to begin today, online church in this new year, uh, letting you know, hey, we are back in session next Sunday, January the 8th at both 9.30 and 11. And while we're online today, we want to say that we long to see you guys next week right here. We'll begin a new series today called Life Together. We're just going to talk about this today online in the next two weeks in person, January 8th and January 15th. And the basis for this is a book written by a man named Diedrich Bonhoeffer called Life Together. I want, you to, uh, I want to encourage you to order this book, to grab your own copy. We're going to have a few at the church for first comers uh, next week. But uh, this book is very profound, one of the most spiritually profound books I've ever read on sharing life together and living in community. It's been said that community is a good idea, it's a God idea, but it's an elusive reality for so many people. Um, Diedrich Bonhoeffer is, was a German pastor. In fact, he was martyred for assassination attempt on the life of Adolf Hitler. He wrote this book to seminary students, underground students in Nazi-occupied Germany. And though written in 1940-something, it's so profound for us today. It'll challenge you, but it's very readable, and it's not very thick. I've got my reading glasses in here because I'll read an excerpt, but it's not a thick book, but it's such a profound book. And so um, here's an assignment right out of the gate in a new year. Order Life Together and read it along with us. He says he begins this book in Psalm 133 by quoting the psalmist who says, how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. But we can look at our lives and look around and know that there's a lot that's not good and not pleasant and a lot that's not, well, it's not life lived in unity. In fact, when Jesus came, the third chapter of Mark, it says that in Mark 3.13, it says that Jesus appointed the 12 to be with him. Now, when it says he appointed the 12, that's lost on hearers today, but not in Jesus' day. You see, God's original idea for community had to do with the nation of Israel. But sin broke that down, and people were stubborn, and leaders were bad, and community broke down to the point when Jesus arrived that there, were, uh, there weren't 12 tribes of Israel anymore. There were 10 lost tribes. Maybe you've heard of the 10 lost tribes of Israel. Well, Jesus is coming. Jesus came, and he signified it was a new day when he said when he appointed 12 to come with him he was saying to, to everyone around him that God's idea for building community is here and Jesus is going to model it for us and it's his heart that we would dwell together in unity and be as one and so he calls these men these 12 sending a message that what's broken will be brought back and that speaks to us today because a lot of us are in broken relationships and we don't feel how good and pleasant it is to dwell together in unity. We're hurt, we've been betrayed, we feel lonely, and the, God's idea is for us to live life together. So today online and the next two weeks in person, let's talk about life together. I want us to ask four questions this morning. The first is, how do I find community? And I want to answer that simply by saying, take the initiative to find community. When I was 22 years old, I moved from Mississippi where I just graduated college. I was doing seminary intermittently and I moved to Tallahassee, Florida where I was working in campus ministry. So I was busy with college students, busy doing ministry and attended church on the side. I was regular. Uh, I knew God was watching. You got to go to church, right? If you're any type of ministry. But here's what I would do. I would sit in the back. I would critique the message and then I would cut out early. 
But I remember months into this practice, I remember telling a friend, I remember saying, man, that's a big church and I don't really know how to connect there. But could I draw that conclusion if I had, was just you know showing up late, critiquing the message and cutting out early? So one day, a light shone on me and I was like, Robert, take the initiative. So I said hello to a couple of people at church. The next week, the week after that, I said hello to more people. A couple of weeks after that, I invited some people to attend this church with me and introduced them to some people. Before long, we started our very own small group. Community was beginning to grow, not just in the ministry on the side, but in my local church. It's a very valuable thing, a very God-honoring thing, as we look at what the scripture says about life together. When Jesus was teaching on prayer, he said, ask, seek, and knock. And what's true to the Father is also true in relationships to other people. Uh, asking, seeking, and knocking. The promise he made was if you ask, uh, it will be given to you. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, the door will be open. Notice those positive results all flow out of us taking the initiative. I wanna challenge you, the way to find community is by taking the initiative with other people, not sitting on your hands. In fact, just a couple of weeks ago, a young man approached me after church and said, would you pray for me? I'm thinking about asking someone out. I'm thinking about asking some people to be uh, in a friend group. And I applauded that. I prayed for him and applauded that because this is someone who's been sitting on his hands, someone that's been living somewhat isolated, but has so much to give. And it was a step for him coming to his pastor saying, pray for me as I began the initiative. I prayed for him. I checked in with him. Listen, initiative, the world is starving for community. And the way that we find community is by taking the initiative with other people. And too many of us are sitting on our hands. In terms of church, we're sitting in the back, critiquing the message and cutting out early. So learn this year, make a commitment. If this describes you in any way, make a commitment this year to take the initiative, to ask and seek and, and knock. The second question beyond how do I find community is how do I build community? In building community, it's really important to, um, to think about how we view community. And I find so many smart, bright, educated, very competent people who sabotage community just the moment it's getting started. And it's easy for us to walk into a room of people, and too many of us do this. We walk into a room of people and we think, what can they do for me? Now, we don't say it out loud, but this can be our thing, and we turn community into a commodity. But community is this gift of God, this reciprocal uh, relationships where we give and we take. But it's, the beauty is not in us turning community into a commodity, but seeing it as a gift. And Diedrich Bonhoeffer, in Life Together, talks about this very thing, about the, the value of listening and putting other people first. He writes this, the first service that one owes to others in the fellowship consists in listening to them. Many people are looking for an ear that will listen. They do not find it among Christians because these Christians are talking when they should be listening. But he who can no longer listen to his brother will soon be no longer listening to God either. He will be doing nothing but prattle in the presence of God too. This is the beginning of the death of the spiritual life and in the end there's nothing left but spiritual chatter and clerical condescension arrayed in pious words. He uses some big words there, but you know, he's on point, he's right. When you walk into a room is your first thought, what can these people do for me? What can I store up and use and consume? Or is it, who can I get to know? And whose stories can I learn? It's a big deal when James said, be quick to listen and slow to speak. You ever been in a group, ever been with friends, and there's one person who seems to talk all the time? 
We were in a group, Susan and I were, years ago where there was a guy who, who always shared. In fact, others couldn't join in on the conversation because he was telling all that he knew about the Bible, about scripture, about politics, religion, sports, and social issues. And you could tell people were getting annoyed to him. So much so that Susan said to me, Robert, would you please just shut up? Listen, for real, it, this has been a great area of learning and growth for me. How do you find community? Take the initiative. How do you build community? Learn to become a listener and don't see it as a commodity to consume, but as, as something that you can add value. You can, you can get to know other people add value to their life. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. If you're at home, I picture you on January 1st uh, with the heater on, maybe in front of a fire, covered with blankets, watching this sermon. Say that out loud. Say, be quick to listen, slow to speak. What a good thing for all of us to grow in this new year, that area. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Well, how do I find community? How do I build community? The third question is, how do I, how do I deepen community? Bonhoeffer in Life Together says that community is deepened by simply showing up to be with people in the trifling moments of their life. Now, that's different for us because we think growing in, in depth in community is new curriculum. Uh, it's the group guide. We think of things like that. And listen, community is not deepened by sitting in a circle and saying, we want to grow deeper. Community is deepened by us showing up for people and helping out. That could be when someone needs a babysitter, when someone needs their yard cut, when someone uh, is in need, you show up, we show up for them, and we're, we're there for them. That builds community and strengthens the depth of relationships. Yes, it's helpful and valuable to change up the curriculum, to shift things up, to add some variety and spice things up in terms of what you're studying. And that could lead to new knowledge, which is important, but we grow in depth by showing up and being there for people. A lot of you've heard this famous poetry from Hebrews chapter four that says two are better than one. If one falls down, the other can pick them up. If two lie down, they can keep each other warm. If two work together, there's a greater return on their investment. That verse is often relegated to weddings, but it really is true for everybody. In fact, Ecclesiastes four would demonstrate to us, the whole book would, is that God doesn't intend everyone to get married, but he intends that no one be lonely because two really are better than one. Do you have those people who show up for you and are you willing to be that person that shows up for others? One of the great things about a church, I know there's, we're supposed to be cynical and talk bad about it, but one of the beautiful things about the church, and I would say even our church, is that we're seeing this happen with people more and more. And so in the new year, as we begin afresh, I wanna give you this um, encouragement. And I want to admonish you uh, to strengthen this resolve in your life uh, that you'll deepen community. The fourth question, so we've asked how do I find community, how do I build community, and how do I deepen community? The fourth question is we often find ourselves when we're experiencing community in a good way, when we're experiencing what Psalm 133 says, that uh, how good and pleasant it is for brothers and sisters to dwell together in unity. If we're experiencing the goodness and the pleasantness and the unified nature of that, then we're gonna to wanna to preserve community. But here's the counterintuitive truth, and some of you need to hear this in the new year. The counterintuitive, counterintuitive truth is, you don't preserve community by holding on to it. You preserve community by disrupting it, by inviting new people in. True story, a few years back, one of our group leaders came to me. He was reluctant to invite someone into the group. I asked him why. Was it a capacity issue? Could they not take any more? I look, I lead a group of men on Friday morning. I don't know that we have any room right now. It's a full, it's a full house. 
But so I, we talked about that. We talked about the chemistry. We talked about the capacity of the group. But I could tell it was more of a chemistry thing as I talked to my friend and this young small group leader. And he told me, he described this guy, and he described him that he was a new believer. He cussed a little bit. He never had attended church and was from a rough background. Very likable guy, gregarious, outgoing personality. But he was hesitant to invite him in. So I did a little impromptu small group coaching, and I challenged that leader to invite this man into his group. And he did. They did. The group opened themselves up to him. So my question is, did this strengthen the group or weaken the group? When they invited him in, they realized that he knew nothing of the Bible, but wanted to learn. He had a hunger and a thirst that Jesus talked about in the Sermon on the Mount, but he didn't have any cliches to fall back on. He didn't have many assumptions that were in line with their assumptions, and his presence alone forced the group to not fall back on Christian cliches and easy answers and well-worn phrases. So my question, did this strengthen the group or weaken the group? It strengthened the group. So the counterintuitive nature of community, and some of you are there, you have a group that you love, but I want to give you that admonishment. Don't just hold on to it. In fact, you're at risk. A good group, those who found community that's rich and bountiful, also run the risk of that very group, that very idea, that very reality of community becoming boring and stagnant because you're seeking to preserve it. You see, Jesus uh, never gives us an example of telling his disciples, hey, preserve it. Don't disrupt the community. Don't mess with the flow. Don't hurt the chemistry of it all. Jesus, there's no example in scripture of Jesus saying that. In fact, Jesus tells us to go and to make disciples and to include others. His love is radically inclusive and therefore it's incumbent upon us to invite each other in, to have a flow of continually inviting people in. So how do I find community? How do I build community? How do I deepen community? And how do I preserve community? Church, as we start the new year, order this book, Life Together. Let's read it together in these couple of weeks. We're gonna preach it on January 8th and 15th, and many of you will look at it in your small groups. Registration for new groups is gonna open very soon in this new year, and we hope that you'll sign up and that you'll show up. There's more to your church experience in mind than sitting in the back, critiquing the message, and cutting out early. Consider how you can take the initiative. Consider how you can talk less, listen more and ask questions. How you can move from seeing relationships as a commodity to consume or use or store up and as a gift from God. And then consider how you uh, can deepen community. How you can realize that it's way beyond curriculum and group guides and things like that, but it's showing up in other people's lives. And then how can you be one who includes other people? We don't see it enough, but we see it. Church can grow boring, Sunday morning can grow boring, but when you're inviting people and including people, you're seeing it through fresh eyes and it's what makes a church healthy. It's my prayer for us in the new year. All right, people, you're bundled up properly, you're in blankets, you're on a warm, I'm sorry, you're warm on a cold, cold day on January the 1st. I wanna ask you to pray with me as we close. Bow your heads if you will and let's pray. Father, would you help us? Would you help us be a place where people could say by personal testimony, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. That you would help us promote the brotherhood and sisterhood. The family of God would be seen in this new year. And God, that you would help us grow in the grace of building each other up, of listening to each other. Uh, Bonhoeffer is right. James, the brother Jesus is right. Lord, it's really valuable to listen. And we have people in our midst who need to be heard. And would you help us to be there for him? 
them. Would you help us show up, God, for people in the trifling little moments of the externals of their lives? Would we, could we be there for them deep in our community by the time we spend together outside of formal meetings? And God, would you help us not to be an us for no more shut the door type of church? God, would you help us be people who invite Invite on Sunday morning, invite to serving and loving and blessing our city, inviting into circles that we establish where we grow and collaborate and reflect, and learn together. Help us to find community. Help us to build community. Help us to deepen it and help us to know the right way to preserve it so that others are included in. You've called us to come and be with you, but you've also called us, Lord, to go and make disciples. And so help us in that, God, in the new year. Christ Jesus, we pray.